The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Great message this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, very convicting. Uh, I didn't really plan. I was struggling, as always, uh, what direction the Lord would want. Uh, A lot of times I go from my Bible reading and the Lord gives me a thought that I read myself and then I try to uh, give it to you what the Lord had had shown on me. And I was in John not long ago and John, uh, that part of the scripture where it was the Last Supper and, you know, Judas went away, you know, when Jesus said who I give the sop to and, you know, and they were all confused. They were wondering, you know, who was the one that's going to betray Jesus. And I love what John, the beloved, said. The Bible says that he laid on his bosom and and, and imagine that, you know, he, he leans on him being so much in love with Jesus, being so much in love with who he is and what he's about to do, and not looking around thinking, oh, I wonder if it's Peter. You know, he's a, little, he's a little too courageous. You know, I wonder if it's this guy. He said, Lord, is it I? And I thought about titling a message like that, Lord, is it I? Am I the one hindering you in your ministry? Am I the one? And I thought about that, but the Lord had something different tonight. But not long after that, in Acts, and I'll just give you some background leading up to this passage, but in Acts chapter 7, uh, we find the story of Stephen and really his uh, ministry and, and the end of his ministry, rather, before he becomes a martyr. But we know the story. He looks up to heaven and people are about to stone him. And, and he says, Lord, don't lay this sin on their charge. I mean, as they're stoning him. And, uh, you know, the Bible says they took his garments and they laid it against a little kid. And the little kid was Saul. And imagine that being a little kid, seeing all that going on. And from that day forward, you know, Saul became a big persecutor. He wreaked, the Bible says he wreaked havoc, literally on the church, and he started doing uh, terrible things to the Christians, and uh, we find here in chapter 8, Philip, and uh, Philip's one of the many people here that are going about and preaching the word and going to all nations and doing what God had commanded them to do, but Philip, uh, he's not someone you hear about a whole lot. Um, We want to, when we want to be somebody in the Bible, at least me as a man, I, you know, as a little kid, I thought about uh, being David. You know, David's a courageous hero. David did all these things. I didn't like the, towards the end of David's life when he messed up. Uh, but, you know, a lot of us, we want to be David. We want to be that Moses. We want to be all these people. And that's all great. We want to be like Apostle Paul. And man, what a great example he is. Uh, but a lot of us, you know, Philip is such a small part of Scripture where they talk about it. But this, this particular passage of Scripture is probably one of my favorite. And you say, oh, you say that every time you preach. Well, first of all, the whole Bible is my favorite. Uh, but this particular passage, this story, I just want, and I'm not going to be able to expound on it like I want to, but I just want to get some simple thoughts really complimenting what Pastor talked about this morning. Uh, but in this particular, Philip, he's preaching, he's healing people, he's doing all these things. And at this time, there's a man named Simon who was literally, uh, you know, wolves in sheep clothing. Uh, people were following this particular Simon guy because he was, he was uh, doing all things in sorcery. He was doing a lot of evil things with an evil spirit. And there's even one person who said, oh, he's a, uh, you know, he, he has great power of God. And, and people were relieving on him. But then Philip and Peter and all those guys, they all showed up and showed the real power of God. And uh, eventually the man says, he hands the money. He says, hey, I want what you got. I want that, that spirit that I can start healing people. The same guy that was doing sorcery, he's like, hey, I'll give you money. And, and Peter's like, what are you doing? He's like, you can't buy this. He's like, you have to repent of your sins. And he starts preaching at him. And, and the man says, oh, please don't lay this on my charge and all those things. And then we come down to this passage. And in verse number 26, we see, uh, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. And I'm just going to jump right into it. There's, 
like I said before, there are so many characters in the Bible, real people. They're not just fictional characters. These are real people, live events, things that were recorded in Scripture, things that actually, these people lived on earth and breathed just like you and I do right now. And many of us will say, I want to be like this person. You have people, I want to be like Mike, right? I want to be like Michael Jordan. I, I want to be like this person. I want to be like that. The title of the message tonight is I want us to say, I want to be like Philip, or I want to be a Philip. And I'm going to give you some reasons why I personally, myself, and you say, I don't want to be Philip. That's fine with you, but I'm just going to tell you why I want to be a Philip. And first of all, and jumping just right into it, in verse number 26, Philip answered. Philip answered. And the Bible says in verse 26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And look what the next verse says, and he arose and went. You know what? A lot of times, and especially a message that you heard like this morning where we need to have compassion on people, we need to uh, weep for people, not just weep for people, but actually do something about it. Uh, you know, I, I remember Pastor alluding to well, on Facebook when you have, you know, people put the Par- you know, Paris flag and put that flag. And, and I understand, you know, some people may not be thinking like that's my big contribution what I'm doing. No, your contribution is go out there and do something. Go out there and lead somebody to Christ. Go out there and help somebody. When you actions speak louder than words, and we know that Jesus Christ, he didn't say, oh, I, oh, they need a savior. I'm glad Jesus wasn't like us and then put on his Facebook the whole world uh, over his Facebook page and said, oh, glad they need a savior. No, he came and he gave his life. He took action because love requires action. If you love something, you're passionate about something, you want to do something, that action, that love, you do something about it. And Philip, I'm glad, the, his, I love his response. Look, the angel of the Lord came to them, right? And then in verse number 28, or verse number 27, and he arose and went. His reaction wasn't word. His, his uh, response wasn't words. It was action. He didn't have to say anything. He said, well, wait, God, it's not the good time. The game's on tonight. Uh, he said, no, God, I can't get up. I can't go over there, this place. I'm, I'm too tired. I was already healing people and talking to this guy and this girl. I was, I was already doing stuff. I'm tired. No, he got up, he arose, and he did that. And you know why he did that? Because first of all, he was listening. He was listening. What does a teacher tell you all the time, right? How do you listen? You listen with your mouth or with your ears, right? Can't listen with your mouth. A lot of us, we talk, and when I say a lot of us, hope you know that I am in that, I am in that phrase right there. I am putting myself 10 pointing fingers. I'm one of those people. Uh, listening is a huge part of, of answering a call, right? If I, someone rings my phone and, and, and I'm not listening, it's on vibrate, I'll never get that call because I have it on vibrate, I'm not listening for it. But if you listen for it and you see it, then you'll answer it. But then there's this part. A lot of us are listening, but we choose not to answer. Why? One big component is fear. You know what? He's been doing a lot of ministry here, Philip. A lot of ministry. And you never know where God's going to lead you, right? Uh, you never know what God's going to say next. God may say, oh, I need you to go do this. I need you to go to this country. You know, Pastor, and I've heard tons of preachers during the service, and this was a fear of mine, and maybe you can relate. Uh, but he said it this morning. He said, you know, God, he talked about missionaries a lot. And he said, you know, some of you, you know, a lot of us, you know, I wonder if God's trying to call a missionary. I wonder, and I've been in services where they say, maybe God's trying to call you to be a missionary. And, you know, a lot of us, we think, yeah, God should call some missionaries. And you look around. You know what's the hardest thing? is in my heart, if I'm really yielded to the Lord, if I'm really wanting to do what he's calling me to do, I need to ask myself that question. Lord, do you want me to go there? Because we have, you can have this box mentality where it's just like, no, God's called me to America. And listen, God calls preachers here. God calls teachers here. But what, what about you? 
I'm not trying to push you into going to, the, to be a missionary tonight, but what if, I want you to think about that. It's, a lot of times God's calling, but we're not answering, because what? First of all, it's fear of answering that call. You know, what happened to Jonah, right? Jonah was out and about, and he was, I mean, he was a prophet of God, but God said, hey, go, go to Nineveh. You've been to that place? That's the hood. We don't go over there. Are you kidding me? We go over to Nineveh? I mean, he didn't even respond to God. He, he was out, deuces. He's going to take the next train, next plane, or at the back of those times they had a boat, and he's on the Tarshish. And you know what? I'm glad God's the God of second chances. But man, fear, right? Fear is such a big factor with us. We're, we're afraid. The reason why that compassion, and we want to do something about it, but a lot of times fear is, it ensnares us. It keeps us back from doing our full potential. What does the Bible say? God has not given us a spirit of Fear, but what? Of love, power, and a sound mind. I love those last ones, but man, if God's not giving me the spirit of fear, then who is? Myself? The devil? Must be, because God says, listen, fear's real. We all have it, but God's like, I didn't give it to you. I have not given you a spirit of fear. I've given you power, love, and a sound mind. So yes, although it's real and all of us have it, he's like, you ain't supposed to have it. I didn't give it to you. And so in my heart, I remember hearing a preacher say that, and I had to come to a spot Literally, where I had to say and pray one time in a service, I said, Lord, and I was scared. You never know what God's going to call you to do. I never in my wildest dreams, I literally prayed at a teen camp at 15 years old. I said, God, I'm here to listen to you. I'll be a fireman. I'll be a cop. I'll be a, I'll, I'll be a nursery worker if that's allowed. I'll do anything. I said, but God, praise the Lord, he didn't call me to do that. But I said, Lord, you know, don't call me. to. I, I, won't, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't think I'd be a good preacher. I said those words. I said, Lord, I'll do anything. End of camp, what do you think happens? God says, okay, careful what you don't wish for. And I remember God pricking my heart. I remember my legs started moving. The preacher just came up and said, some of you, God's calling to preach. And he's like, and, and you're, you're hesitant right now. And you better need, you need to come up here, be courageous, and just answer God's call. And I remember, you know, I'm 800 teenagers are there. And, you know, I, I let alone didn't want to speak in front of my family. I mean, let alone my, you know, I, I wouldn't want to go in front of them. But I remember God working on my heart and had to get over that fear. And a lot of us, like Philip here, I'm glad that he had no verbal response. He had action. He said, all right, he said, arise and go, Spirit of the Lord. The Bible says he went. He just got up. He went. And, and he didn't even tell him, where to, in a sense, uh, where to go until the end of the verse. He says, uh, go on the way, goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is the desert. He said, go to the desert. I want you to go there. Okay, is there going to be water there, God? I wonder how I would respond. Is there going to be water? Do I need to call my family? Do I need to tell them, make reservations? Do I need that? No. He said, listen, get up. And go, and the angel of the Lord told him to do that. And I'm glad that Philip answered God's call. But in order to, for him to answer it, he had to be listening. He had to be courageous. But also you had to be prepared. You know, he was prepared to answer God's call. If you're not prepared yourself to answer God's call, listen. Uh, you say, what do you mean by being prepared? Uh, you know, a lot of times, um, and I'll just give a quick example. I, when I was a teenager, I uh, never really knew how to lead somebody to the Lord. I never really knew how to do certain things in church. I went to church. I was born and raised, you know, like they say, born in the pew. That was me. Not literally, obviously, but I was born in the pew. I was in church every Sunday night at least. And I remember uh, growing up that way. But uh, I never, ever, I led my first soul knocking on doors in college. I never had done that in my life. But let me tell you, was that a great feeling? But, and it was a great feeling. But let me tell you, I had to pull a track out. I, had, I was nervous. I was stuttering. I was going crazy. But listen, she was, I mean, God you know, he brings divine appointment, and, and a 16-year-old girl, I remember, she got saved, and I was pumped, I was ready to go, you know, and they were asking people at the end of the day, how many people lead to the Lord, and I had my one hand up, I said, yeah, I led to one, and one person's like this, and I'm like, oh, okay, put the, put the one finger down, right, uh, but I remember uh, not being necessarily, like, prepared, even though I've been in church, I've been all those things, listen, 
Study that show that self-approved unto God. Get into God's word. Be prepared. If you're not prepared, if you're not listening and you're just going to allow fear to take over your life, listen, God, God's calling, but are we listening? And Philip answered that call. Not only answering, but then it's the next verse, the next part of my point. Philip answered, but also verse number 27 reads this, and I'll go down all the way uh, to a little bit here. But And he arose and went, and behold, uh, verse 27 uh, he went and behold a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for worship, 28, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. He was reading the word of God and he was trying to understand it. Then the spirit of the Lord, God calls him again and says, go near and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip, I love this, ran. Philip ran thither to him. And then now look, look, he's listening again. He says, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest. That's probably my favorite phrase in that whole verse. That Not only did he listen, but the Bible says that he ran. How many of you, you would have so much compassion of somebody you never met? I mean, he doesn't know who this person is. Listen, in the Bible, the Bible says he was, he was of great, under great authority, right? He was a person that was high in uh, of, under that, that queen or that, that princess. He was uh, of great authority, but yet God's not a respecter of persons, right? And he's not a person that, he doesn't care if you're the president or you're a toddler. Listen, God wants you to be saved. God wants to hear, you to hear the gospel, and I'm so glad. I mean, how many of us, when we go out soul winning, you see that biker dude with tattoos and earrings, and you're like, yeah, he's saved. I mean, <laughs> you don't go out there and just run to him, right, and say, listen, you need Jesus, right? Uh, we're not all like that. We look for the old lady that's in, that needs Jesus, or we see the little kid that would understand. Nobody that would give you confrontation or question your belief, right? Uh, but you see, I love it. The Bible says that Philip ran to him. I mean, he ran to him. I mean, I can imagine not like seeing, I mean, I, I know sometimes, and you know what I'm talking about. If you ever go soul winning, and maybe God presses on your heart, give that person a track. Maybe pre- God presses on your heart, you know, talk to that person. And you hesitate for a moment because it's probably not Saturday, right? It's during, it's during when you're getting your gas, you know, you're at the pump, and that person, uh, my wife did that the one day, I was at the pump, and she's like, give that guy a track, and I'm just, you know, you're hesitant, you're like, this guy's got, like, crazy hair, looks like a skateboarder, he's going all around. You know, I gave him a track, and I said, okay, sir, I'll, you, know, I'll, you know, we pass this out to everybody, and I just want to invite you to our church, we have that, and he goes, oh, look, I'm looking for a church, you know, that's so cool that you gave it to me, and you're just like, wow, you're taking away, like, wow, you're listening, that's great. Uh, but we all are hesitant at first, and you, you sit back and you examine the person. Should I give him a track? Should I wait? And you wait, and finally, sometimes you just go and you do it. But man, he, Philip didn't even hesitate. The Bible says that he ran to him, ran to him, was eager, looked at him, not only that, but heard him reading the Bible and says, do you understand what, you, what you're reading? There's a great evangelist uh, or preacher, maybe some of you have heard of him, it was Carl Hatch. And Carl Hatch, I remember reading about his biography. We had to do some stuff about preachers and uh, in college and reading different biographies about these great soul winners. And um, I remember reading how bold he was. Uh, and, I mean, what he would do is he would go in an elevator, and there would be a lot of people. You ever been in a stuffed elevator somewhere? And he's in an elevator. He would purposely drop a track on the floor. And as he would drop it, he'd go, huh, what's this? Pick it up. If I were to die today, would, I, would heaven be my home? Hmm, here's how I can know. Number one, and he would just... He would read it and just, I mean, you talk about bold. There's, they even said there were stories where a man, would, a man was working underneath his car, and he would get underneath him with those little caddy things, run underneath him. He's like, and he would look at the car with the guy, and the guy's probably like, you know, kind of help you, you know, but this is back then, you know, everybody's friendly in the South. So he comes in, he goes, hey, we got a real problem here. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, I guess I got this leak right here. He's like, no, I'm not talking about the car. 
and he would talk to him and, and give him the gospel underneath the guy's car, and he would do many different things, and I see that boldness, that thing that I say, Lord, I want that. God, I don't want to just be like Pastor talked about this morning where someone says, oh, you know, there's this person dying or this person needs help or this person needs Jesus Christ. And then I sit there and I say, oh, I don't think. And listen, I understand if there's a physical ailment, listen, the best thing you can do is pray. The best thing you can do is, is uh, uh, if you're a prayer warrior and that's what God's called you to do, I'm all for that. But listen, if we're able, physically able to go out, to be about and do those things, listen, we should do it just as Philip did. The Bible says that Philip ran, that he heard. Um. I had an unusual weekend. I had a really weird weekend this past, literally, really today, or not today, yesterday, Saturday. Um, had different mixed of emotions and events. Um, Saturday, we had a wedding here, and it was a really sweet wedding, one of the sweetest weddings I've ever been a part of. Um, if you're able to make that, it was such, a, uh, such an encouragement, and, and we were glad um, to have that. But shortly after that, I couldn't stay because my wife and I, we had to go um, attend a funeral. And I had, last Friday, um, I had a cousin of mine, and my cousin, uh, she had a six-week-old baby, and she uh, was feeding the baby. She put the baby down for a second. She walked away, and she heard choking. And so she went back to the, to, uh, the child, and it, she wasn't choking as if uh, she, something went down the wrong tube or anything. She was choking because she couldn't breathe. And she called, I mean, she was fast, called 911, I mean, did everything she could. The, uh, you know, her, um, her father came over and was trying to give, you know, CPR or just doing something. But by the time the paramedics came, she was gone. And they couldn't, six-week-old baby. And um, I had mentioned it last Wednesday to the teenagers, and I had told them, you know, I said, pray for my cousin. Um, and you, by the way, continue to pray for her. Her name is Teresa and Carlos. If you guys write it down, just pray for them, uh, Teresa and Carlos. But um, she... Uh, was, um, uh, you know, her, she called my sister, and my sister called me last, this past Wednesday and said, you know, Brian, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of things going on. She's like, but they don't have a whole lot of money. Um, they had to cremate her. Um, they didn't have a whole lot of things. And honestly, could, could you come and do this, the funeral? Could you do it? It's like, and we understand. if They under, totally understand if you can't. And I said, well, I have a wedding on, on Saturday. I said, I'm just singing, but, you know, I, I, you know, it depends on what time it is. But I said, I, I will do my best to be there. Just let me know. And, they, and sure enough, it, the, Lord, the Lord worked it out to where I could, you know, be able to be a part of both things. And so um, I went down there, and I told them. And um, I was probably the most nervous I've ever been in my life because, first of all, I've never done a funeral before. You have the head knowledge. You've been a part of it. But I've never, ever, and let alone my own family, let alone for a baby, and I remember just, you know, saying, Lord, if this is what you want me to do. And um, I remember going down there, and uh, I think I might have told my wife this, but whether, whether I told her or not, she probably could see it. I was nervous. And I was contemplating what I needed to do and all that. And the reason why I was so nervous is because for years, and even with my ground, how many of you have lost family members? All my family, probably majority of my family is Catholic, majority besides my immediate family, Catholic, and I mean heavy Catholic. Um, you have the, some that are by tradition, and so you probably could lead them to the Lord if they just heard the gospel, then some, they won't give you a time of day. But I was so nervous because I, I knew that I'd been praying for someone to save them, and, and I remember walking into the room, and I remember, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of people there at first, but I, I talked with Teresa, and, and, you know, obviously you talk about mixed emotions. You come from tears of joy to tears of pain in one day, and I remember going in there, and, and I told her, you know, give, you know I'll, I'll start whenever you want me to start, and she 
she took a while. You know, she didn't want to start the service, but she had time. And I said, just take your time. You know, it's all for you. You know, um, I'm here for you. And so she eventually, and as she waited, I mean, I watched uncles walk in. I haven't seen him forever. I watched family members walk in. I watched little, you know, nieces, nephews walking in. Um, all these people, every, I would say 90% of them lost. And I remember why I was so nervous was because, you know, I had prayed for that opportunity. And I prayed for it for a long time. And I didn't want to mess it up. And I, I remember telling God, you know, I've been praying this for, for years. And I remember my grandmom's funeral. I remember she saying, um, you know, when she was, I remember her weeping over her, her, her sons, her, her, uh, her, her grandchildren. I remember as I would sit up there and I got up, we sung Amazing Grace. And, and, and listen, you know, I'm not going to sit, sit there and say that's why God took little baby Addison. But you know what? I believe he used part of that just so that somebody, so they could hear the gospel. And I remember looking up in front of them, and I saw my uncle, I saw my cousin, I saw one of my uncles, he said I was wasting my money at Bible college. I saw all these people, but all of them, all of them were listening. And I remember looking at every single one of them, and I, and I remember seeing Teresa and her, and obviously in pain and torn, but just giving me, I remember one, my, one of my cousins, her name is Jennifer, and she, you know, a lot older than me, but she's gone to Catholic school, be a nurse, all that stuff, and I mean, man, just tears falling down her face, never heard the gospel before, and I remember just, just having, you talk about family pressure, I mean, they're, they all heard about Brian, the preacher boy, and everything, they all heard about all these things, but I, that's why I was nervous, because I had this great opportunity, and I didn't want to mess it up, so I remember praying to the Lord, and I comforted them, and obviously, you can give great comfort in knowing where Addison is as a little baby, you know, you don't have to give that false hope of where she is, she's in heaven with her Savior, you know, she's, she's there, and I said, I want you to be where Addison is one day. So I'm going to give you the gospel. Want, I just gave the whole plan of salvation. And at the very end, I'll tell you what. And I, I mean, I said some things that were very hard against Catholicism. And I said, you don't work your way to heaven. I, I, I mean, I hit some stuff pretty hard tactfully. Uh, but I hit them pretty hard because I, I knew what was in the room. And I told them lovingly, by the way. I didn't go there to preach their faces off and to do all that. I didn't do, I was, that wasn't my intent. I wanted them to hear the gospel clearly and wanted them to be saved. And so I remember just, just giving it to them in and, and, and time, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't picture one. I mean, I was looking at the whole room, and not one of them were taking their eyes off me or falling asleep or doing anything. All of them were just glued. And I said, Lord, and I'm praying as I'm preaching, and it's like, Lord, please, prick their heart, get them saved, you know, soften their hearts so they receive Christ. And I asked them to pray, and I said, you know, and I, and I led them, you know, obviously it's not the prayer that saves you. I said, it's you confessing with your heart and all that. But I said, I'm going to pray a prayer that you can pray on yourself. Maybe you're not familiar with it. And later on, after I was done the prayer, you know, I, every head bowed, every eye closed still, and I asked them, I said, you know, how many, you know, how many of you, if you just share that with me, no one else is looking around, but I just want to pray for you, did you raise a hand? And the mother, Teresa, and, her, and, her, and, her, uh, and the father both looked at me, gave me eye contact with tears and said, yes, I received that. Looked in the back, family member, I don't even know who he is, big man in the back, looked at me, pointed at me. And said, I did that. I prayed and asked Jesus. And three, from ours, my knowledge, maybe some of them more, but three that day received Christ that night. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm so, and, and I remember trying to hold my emotions in, you know, just acknowledging that. And, and I had a cousin I haven't seen forever came up to me, tears in his eyes saying, you know, thank you so much. He's like, I've never heard anything like that in my life. He's like, that was an amazing, you know, they're all saying that. But man, listen, it take, in order for us, in order for us to take action, in order for us to be like Philip, I'm glad Philip, when God answered him, first of all, he listened, but he took action on it. 
you heard a great message this morning, and we have to take action on the things that we heard. We're, we're, we're uh, uh, accountable for the things that we hear. And let me tell you, listen, don't, you know, I've had even uh, stories of, of, you know, you see the people, and I understand uh, homeless people on the road, and they need money, and I understand we don't want them to go to drugs and different things. But I was in college, and I had, and what I say to some people sometimes, I say, I won't give you money, but I'll give you food. And I had one man take me up on that, and I walked him to Speedway. This is in Chicago when I was in college, but I took him there, and I took him to Speedway. I bought him some food. I gave him the gospel, and he got saved. And he was, like, so grateful for it and all that. Listen, love and compassion always require action. And in order for us to, we say we want to listen to God's call. We want to have those stories. We want to have those things. And by the way, I'm nothing by the grace of God. And there's been plenty of opportunities I've missed and plenty of opportunities I didn't take and plenty of people that I believe when I go to heaven, blood's going to be on my hands because I didn't say something to that person. I didn't witness to that person. I was too busy about my, my feelings. And I didn't want rejection. And I didn't want those things in my life. I didn't want the, listen, rejection, listen, we're... <laughs> Uh, if rejection as far as I don't want the track, if that's, listen, there's a church in other countries right now surfing a lot more persecution than just, I don't like that right now. I mean, they're being killed, destroyed, beheaded for preaching, for listening, for reading God's word. Listen, we can take the little rejection here in America, all right? We can take those little times here and there, but listen, can I encourage you today? Listen, answer, Philip answered, so listen to God's call, answer it, and then take action. Philip took action. He ran, he heard, and he preached. I'm so, I love that verse. He ran to him. He ran to him. He heard him, and he preached to him. And listen, we're all not going to have, and I thought about this too, we're all not going to have an experience that Philip had right here in the sense of we're not going to have that, you know, that, that jailer that, uh, that, that uh, Paul and Silas had, right, where he said, what must I do to be saved? You know, I remember a time in college, I was, I was soloing with a partner of mine, and I literally had a what must I do to be saved kind of person. And he was just like, yeah, you know what I need it? And, you know, you're pumped. You're fired up. And by the way, side note, there's nothing like leading somebody to Christ. There's nothing in the world. You lead somebody to that joy, you want to go do it again. You're on fire. You're ready. I mean, the angels are rejoicing over one sinner that repenteth. I mean, you're excited. My friend's pumped. Knock on that next door. He knocks on that next door. I'm talking possessed. This person was crazy. I mean, we, we got to this guy's door, or, and he goes up to us, and he, and he has his bugly eyes like this. Yes, and he's like, and my friend, he's all fire. You know, he's, he just saw me, at least he's like, yeah, I'm ready to do this. So he gets up, he's like, sir, he's like, hi, you know, we're from so-and-so Baptist Church. The guy literally goes, ah, and starts screaming in his face and slams the door. And he's like, okay. And then the guy opens the door again. He goes, yes. And like, I'm just like, oh, poor Paul, I was praying for him. I said, I'm so sorry. I was like that. And then, I kid you not, so he did that. I'm encouraging him. I'm like, I'm sorry, man, that was, that was crazy. He's like, all right, we were doing one by one, so I got the next door. Another, what must I do to be saved person? And he just, there was a girl, and she was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, we go to church. I said, well, can I show you from the Bible? And, I, and let him, he was able to let, lead her to the Lord. He looked at me. He's like, <laughs> he gave me this crazy look. He's like, how do you get these what must I do to be saved people? And I said, I don't know. I said, maybe, I don't know, maybe God knows I'm soft, and you, you can take the harder people. I don't know. I said, I don't know what that is. I take that as a compliment, you know, but you're not going to get those all the time. You're not going to get those people. You're going to have people where it takes years you're going to have people where they're not just going to be right. For, you're going to have one door, they're ripe, and the other one, the seed's just been planted. You're going to have people where it's all different, but we're not responsible for the outcome of it. We're commanded to preach. We're commanded to teach. We're commanded to give the gospel regardless of the reaction. Listen, you know, and I believe what, what the famous preacher said, uh, I believe it was Spurgeon, he said, that, you know, we should be, people should be tripping over us to go to hell. People should be, you know, uh, fighting. I mean, we should just, just like their family, just going at the doorstep. No, I'm not allowing. We should have that attitude. 
But listen, there's going to be people that they're ripe and they're ready, and some it's just going to take time. But we're commanded, regardless of the outcome, regardless of who the person is, regardless if they're ripe or ready, we're commanded to go and give them the gospel. We're commanded to minister them and give them those things. And I'm glad that Philip gave that example. He answered, he took action, and I love this, and I can read the rest of the story and get into the rest of it, but I want to read you verse number uh, 39 into 40, and then we'll be done. Philip, he answered, in verse 26, he took action on the things that he heard. And for alliteration's sake, just another word for continuing, but Philip advanced. And I don't mean advance in ranking or he advanced in this. This is what I mean. In verse number 39, as is after he led the Ethiopian man to the Lord, and the Ethiopian man, you know, obviously was excited. He said, what doth hinder me to be baptized? They got baptized. I mean, he did a full ministry for this guy that one day. In verse number 39, and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And this is at verse number 40. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. He kept going. He, didn't, well, he wasn't a one-and-done deal. He wasn't a person that went out, I led my person, Lord, I did my due diligence, I did what I was supposed to do. What did he do? God took him away, sent him to another spot, kept on going. He kept advancing, kept moving forward for the Lord. Listen, I, if, if you win one, win another. If you win another person, you win another. If you help someone, help another. It's always a continual process. I mean, until Christ returns and we see his face, our duty is not done. Can I tell you that he kept on advancing? Listen, out of all the people that got saved that day, or at least yesterday from those that acknowledged me, I still have a lot of lost family members. You know, I would have loved for that entire room to raise their hands. I would have loved all that. I would have loved to grab a pool or a tub and start baptizing them. And I would have done all of that. Uh, just to see my family, you know, get it right and get saved. And, uh, but can I tell you that regardless, after we win somebody to the Lord, and, and again, it's contagious and all, but Paul, Philip kept going. He kept advancing. He kept continuing. He kept doing the work of the Lord. He, nothing stopped. He didn't say, oh, I did it. I filled my, my timesheet. I clocked out. God, I already had a busy day. He already had a busy day prior to the, to the eunuch, to the, to man, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. He, prior to him, he, he was already doing a full day of ministry. Or, or We don't even know if it was one day. It could have been multiple days. But he was kept doing. He kept going. God says, all right, I'm done with you here. You're over here now. I'm done with you here. You're over here now. I'm done with you here. You're over here now. Listen, God gives, when God called us here to open door, you know, I, I'm in for the long haul. I never, if someone says, so what are you going to do after open door? I'm like, what do you mean after open door? I'm like, until God says something, I'm here. I'm here where I'm supposed to be. Because listen, there's nothing like being in the center of God's will. Nothing like it in the world. Know that peace of mind when you go to bed at night and you're like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Are there hard days? Yes, of course. Are there frustrating days? Yes, of course. Are there days that aren't as fulfilling as the day before? Or you felt like you weren't productive? Yes, of course. But I can go to my bed at night and sleep and say, well, I'm still in your will. I'm still where I'm supposed to be. I'm still where God has called me to be. Because listen, when you're, in, when you're out of God's will, it's uncomfortable. You're out of God's will. And listen, he, God finds ways to bless you, but man, I want to be under the spigot. I want to be right underneath it. I want to get bathed in it. And not because just for myself, but I, I want to bring honor and glory to the Lord. And I'm not perfect of it. And I'm not here tonight to say I'm Philip at all, but I desire to be like Philip. Got a lot of role models in our day and age where, you know, you can shoot a hoop and throw a touchdown and all those things. And I listen, I love sports, sports fanatic up here, Philadelphia, all the way. And I got Giants fans all around here, but it's all right. You know, I'm, a, I'm a big sports fan. I love all those things, but I, they're not my savior. They're not the person I'm looking after. 
They're not the people I'm trying to look at their marriages and how I want to emulate their marriages. A lot of them you shouldn't at all, really. But can I tell you, I'm glad that I can follow and look at examples in the Bible. And I understand, by the way, the most greatest example is the Lord Jesus Christ. In every situation, Christ is our example. But I'm glad for people like Philip. I'm glad for people who, in a short amount of time in Scripture, that God saw worthy enough to mention them in Scripture, to be able to say, you know what, Philip, he's a guy who answered me. You know what, God likes it when we answer. I mean, if I call somebody and they answer me the first time, I'm going to call them again, because why? They responded the first time, right? You know, I mean, you're not going to, if someone doesn't give you a time of day, you don't keep calling on them. I'll just move on. Find, find someone who's got compassion and wants to do something and help me out. Listen, Philip, he's like, Lord, I'm ready. Where do you want me to go? Point. Okay, I'm there. And not only that, but he runs. He gets to that person. He witnesses that person. He get, leads them to the Lord and has compassion about that person. And not only that, but, all right, Lord, what's next? What's the next step? Philip answered. Philip took action. Philip advanced. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.